On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, one day early because we're overachievers, Mad Max is on a rampage. We have the only plausible Devontae Adams trade scenario. Can Josh McDaniels maximize Hunter Renfro? And are guys with hair transplants traitors? And we love subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto, let's have some fun today. A mere 39 days away until week one. Raiders, Broncos. So close. 39 days away. After next week's show, we're going to be like a month away, 31 days. Yeah. It's crazy. We're getting close. Next next weekend's going to be our first preseason game already. Dude, when I'm like, like working on like my, my work and my travel and shit, I'm like, holy shit, it's football season. I got to take that 6 a.m. flight. Got to be on that couch before 10. It's like, oh, it's like... That's why uh, football season is like giant bags under my eyes because I'm just like... I'm Constantly working like up at 4 a.m. 1 a.m. on Saturday night and then taking the like 6 a.m. flight wherever I am to get home to watch the Raiders in time, et cetera, et cetera. But it's it's a labor of love. You're you're a I, giver. That's how I knew I would go down. But yeah, it's getting so close, just they're nine days away. Super uh, so I was in Salt Lake City over the weekend to see one of the UFC 291, one of the best UFCs in a very long time. Yeah, really um, good UFC. And there were some really good ones before that. And our boy, Justin Gaethje, won the BMF title, knocking out Dustin Poirier. Second round head kick. I had no idea he had kicked. And it looked glorious. Just wha-bam. Shin meet chin. Good night. Now, um, nothing against Dustin Poirier. Fucking G. I think he's awesome. Yeah. But Justin Gaethje's one of us. Yeah. Hi, hard Raider fans. From Arizona. Um, Raider fan through and through. He named his dog Raider, right? Full on Raider fan. So let me that that big the question. Um, who is your favorite celebrity Raiders fan? It's question of the day. Pin down in the comment section. Let us know in the comments. We'll pin it. Who is your favorite celebrity Raiders fan? Because there's plenty to choose from. Mark my words. I mean, Justin Gaethje's the most exciting fighter in MMA history. People think we kind of look like each other a little bit. Some kind of gray beard. You don't fight like each other. I know. I'm way more slick and technical. Yeah, right. You're way more technical. You're way more technical. He's more of a crowd favorite. He's more of a crowd pleaser. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a tactician. (laughs) Jesus. Uh so he's he's mine. He's my number one. He's my boo. Yeah. Close number two for me. But there's a lot of really great and famous uh Raider fans out there. Soto, let's see. There's a bunch out there, man. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite for obvious reasons has to be Jessica Alba. Okay. Because she's There's, freaking hot. I can think of three good reasons. Yeah. Right. It's <laughs> just super hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, there's always, there's a couple out there that I like too. like, um, uh, you know, there's of course there's George Lopez, there's Guy Fieri, there's, uh, you know, you like, cause when you used to paint your, your fingernails, you know, Carson Daly. You just named three pretty like kind of weak dudes. 
Like you got like Ice Cube, you got like some legit guys, and you're going. I was, that route I with was it? gonna get. I was gonna get there. Okay. But no, Jessica Alba for sure. Jessica Alba's up there. If we're going that route, there's a there's a Savannah Santos, and she's purely like only fans famous. Like she's just like Instagram famous, but mm-hmm. she's fucking built. You got, if you haven't looked her up, do yourself a favor. Savannah Santos. Savannah Santos. Yeah, you know yeah. those are probably my top three. Okay. Uh, Savannah and Santos. Again, you know, three good Je- reasons. Jessica Alba, Justin Gaethje, and, and Ice Cube probably my top three. Yeah, and when you think of just like cool, like there's more famous Raider fans, you know, like Tom Hanks is a Raider fan, right? Like, you know, there's more famous Raider fans, but like guys you'd want to watch the game with, you know, Gaethje would be awesome, just a badass. I guess George Lopez would be fun, comedian. I'm sure he's got some great stories. No shortage. Ice Cube. Ice Cube would be badass. That'd be awesome. It's. I feel like Just Snoop Dogg is, but he's badass. like a he's like a fan of every college team sport. Snoop Dogg is not a Raider fan, bro. It's like every Snoop, single Snoop thing. Snoop Dogg. It's crazy. Like, out of all my friends that played football in um, in high school mm-hmm. with me, like eighty percent of the black dudes were Steelers fans. Really, it's crazy. I'm like, dude, why? What is this? None, mm-hmm. n- none of my like other me- Mexican friends, white dudes, like Asian, none of them were Steelers fans. It was mm-hmm. just, it was just the black dudes. Jerome Bettis converted everybody. I don't know what it was. The, I'm trying to do like the age, the timing. Well, in my dude, head. Well, dude, Snoop Dogg. No, Jerome Bettis was after. I was after. I was out of high school. Okay, he was still with the Rams. It it, it must have been like a, like Greg Lloyd, like those kind of guys, mm-hmm. like the linebackers and all those all those dudes. That's when I was like in school. Black guys love Terry Bradshaw. Obviously, that's why. Dude, I'm not that <laughs> fucking old, dude. God damn. <laughs> no, but it was crazy. Like, I'm like, for real, dude? Like the fucking Steelers? All right. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's a Steeler fan, bro. Don't don't let, don't let him fucking fool you. He's a Steeler yeah. fan. All right. He, he wants to jump on Raider Nation. Nah, nah, bro. We got ice. I wonder if it changed now that Juju is no longer at the Steelers. You know, another uh, Long Beach Poly guy. I feel like he just kind of follows Long Beach Poly. Wherever they he, go, he goes. I mean, when he was on Cribs like a long time ago, and maybe like twenty years ago, he was on Cribs, and mm-hmm. he, he was a Steeler fan. All he was an S. He was a like a diehard SC fan forever, and then his son went to UCLA, and then just immediately switched. Well, yeah, his son goes there. And his son was there for like. Well, his son was there for like a cup of coffee, and then bounced. It was like too yeah. hard. Jake. Anyway. There's plenty of diehard ones to choose from. Let us know. Pinned in the comment section. Question of the day. Who is your favorite celebrity Raiders fan? And favorite can mean a lot of things. Who do you want to watch it with? Who do you want to bang? Who's the most famous? Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. She has the perfect, Jessica Alba on the show. She has the perfect skin. She has the perfect a lot of things. It's like dude. a mocha. She's got a perfect, like perfect a lot. Perfect. Like, there's a lot perfect about her. When she was in uh, Entourage, when she was little guest spots on Entourage. I think that was like prime, like 2000, 2001, Jessica Alba. She was in a movie called The Devil Inside Me. And you, nick- you, nicknamed, your, you nicknamed your penis The Devil? Yeah. Just for the role? The Diablo. <laughs> Listen here, Satan. <laughs> I named my three middle fingers The de- the Devil. <laughs> God, it's... I didn't... Oh. Dude, she's one of my like legit... Like it's very difficult for me to choose. Like if I had like a a a, a, a celebrity hall pass, 
mm -hmm. between her and Salma Hayek. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's right like neck and neck. I they're both just it. like fighting for your affection. Like they're both like make pleading uh, their case to be you know, even in my fantasy. They would I no. can't even fantasize that hard. Even then, you still have to build Cosby. Him just to yeah, get even shot. The, hey, <laughs> never did that one. No, I mean, make, wow. make jello pudding jokes until, no, 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 until no, they fall no. in love. I'm with not you. stepping in any part of that. Nope, nope, nope. But it's it's the jello pudding. No, jokes. no, you're it's trying to get me caught. What up. else nope. is Bill Cosby known for? Come on. No, no. What else no. could he possibly be known for if not for being a hilarious comedian? You mean Bill Cosby? Yeah, no thanks. He was America's favorite dad. Yeah, I bet. Uh, well, training camp is. I feel fully underway when the pads are on. When you're when you're clacking, right? When you're clacking, you're doing you're doing run drills. You're hitting each other a little bit. Training camp, you know, you're not supposed to go to the ground, but. You know, you, you'll wrap up a little bit, make a little contact, a little, a little closer than two-hand touch, no pads. Someone needs to tell Max Crosby that. Uh, this uh, via The Athletic, but it was very much um, reported everywhere. After a poor snap exchange between center Andre James and quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, the ball hit the ground Tuesday during an 11-on-11 11 11 drill featuring Las Vegas Raiders starting offense and starting defense. Unbeknownst to Ed Rudger Max Crosby, he doesn't give a shit, the play had been blown dead before the snap due to a false start, so Crosby kept going, and he made a move for the ball while Garoppolo scrambled to pick it up. That's a no-no. Red jersey. There were heated words between Garoppolo and Crosby immediately after, a spat that continued even after another group of players took the field for the next staff. snap. The coaching staff eventually got involved, and Crosby would take a lap around the field while jogging along the sideline. Crosby turned toward the crowd in the stands and waved his arms in the air. Turn up, he shouted. For completing his lap, retaking the field. Uh, Crosby, a little fired up to put pads on. A little fired I mean, up. He's, he hadn't had pads on in how long? It's like, you know, I, I, I miss the contact. I miss The dude it. spars Sean Strickland in cage fights in the offseason. You think once he's actually doing his own thing, he's going to let a red jersey get in the way of him getting a fumble recovery? I don't think so. Mm. Is this too much? Do you not do you not fuck around with the with the red jersey, especially Garoppolo, who, according to you, isn't injury prone, but according to the rest of us, he is. Um, it all depends on what happened. I, I didn't hear that he bumped and knocked him over or anything like that, or went after his leg, you know, yeah. as he's diving for the ball. Uh, I mean, from what I read, he got the lap because the false start was on him, mm. and when you screw up, that's why that's who runs the lap. Whoever screws up, um. But um, that's so JMD to be like, oh, you almost hurt the quarterback. It's not a big deal. You cost us five yards. Whoa, 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 wait. Make a lap. We don't know that he almost hurt the quarterback. They could have just been going for the ball and like, give me the ball. You know, and, like, the rules out of his hands and this and can't that. even touch him. You know, the rules. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember even in high school with the quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. Like it, it kind of makes sense. It, it was weirder at the time. The older I get, the more it makes sense. But we were allowed, if you got to the quarterback in practice, we slapped him on the ass. That was what we were supposed to do, mm -hmm. to like show that we got there, right? Because any more contact, you know, you might hurt him. But you also don't want to like just like barely get your finger on him and say like, oh, two-hand touch, I got him. You want to like, because if, if you can get a clean slap on a cheek and you're yeah. a linebacker, you're, that probably means you're getting the tackle, right? But with them, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't even, you can touch him, you'll be fine. You fall start and cost us five yards. You're doing the lap in 100 degree heat. You don't need, you don't know that he touched him. 
What do you? What else do you think made them get into a spat going for a dead for a for a fumble? They didn't say that he knocked them over or anything like that. I'm going to. I think it's safe to assume that there's no, a spat no, no, no. We're not going to assume contact. this stuff. Yeah, no. I will. I'm not going to assume this. I'm going to go off of what was written. I had not heard anything about him knocking Garoppolo over. Or so any of that. Crosby kept going and made a move for the ball while Garoppolo scrambled to pick it up. So they both made a move the for the ball. So they both went for the same ball. And you think Garoppolo would get mad if they didn't touch? There would be there would be a spat if they were hey, made a, a move away from for each the other? ball as Garoppolo picked it up. Could be Garoppolo had it and was already picking it up, and Max went to swipe at it and he pulled like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And that turns into a spat that leads to coaches having to take the field and break things up. Yeah, if they keep chirping at each other. I'm going to live in the real world and assume there's a little contact. And that's why. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Just so you can tell your joke about, oh, if JMD, if you hit the quarterback, it's not a big deal, but don't cost us five yards. Like, you should. Oh, so this is so tight. This is what it's about. You defend JMD no matter what. I'm not defending anything. That's okay. This makes way more sense. Nothing in that says that there was contact. This makes way, way more sense when you're being sensitive about JMD's coaching. No, it's not about being see. Look, RJ, this is what you're doing. You're 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 spitting bullshit out. What's bullshit? They didn't make contact. Bullshit. They didn't make contact. I'm going off of what we saw. What you're doing is is assuming there was contact, and you're playing up that assumption. And then you're finding a way to tie it back into talking shit about someone who is not involved in this. You're defensive about JMD, and that's why you won't. I'm not being. I'm obvious. going off of what we're actually seeing. Please don't. Please don't start okay. today, RJ. Please don't start today. It's, is it really so crazy that? But that's not what that it those said. Those you guys are, were you fighting, and they didn't make contact. Is that what you're, you're saying? Telling me that if Max Crosby bumped into him, they wouldn't say he bumped into him. It said he went for the ball. That's all it said. And you're stretching that out, and you're making it something that it's not, so you can make a joke that's partially supposed to be funny and partially supposed to be shit talk. So I I thought for sure we'd be on the same page that clearly there was contact, but because dude, you're defensive about you Josh McDaniels, oh God, you're ignoring what's now clearly saying, the obvious well, case. I'm reasonable time. because I thought we would be on the same page about this. I'm being the reasonable one. You're the one that's assuming and making shit up that's not there. Okay. Look at they, Twitter. They, look they got into a fight with. So you're look saying anywhere you want, and you're saying where, not, where Max Crosby bumped into him or knocked him over. So you're saying there was a heated exchange between Garoppolo and Crosby immediately after a spat that continued even after the group of the players took the field for the next snap, and there wasn't contact. That's just saying is, is the more I'm saying it doesn't more, say there was right, contact more, here or certain situation. That's what you're saying. Well, let's go back. The very first practice, Max Crosby said that Jimmy Garoppolo likes to talk a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that a Max Crosby on with pads on the first time who's jumpy as fuck Wound up is going to just fuck. take shit talk. Yeah. And then he's going to take shit talk back. And Jimmy G's not going to let someone fucking, you know, call him out and not say shit back to him. And he just talk talking back and forth. You know how that shit goes. Man, actually, you, make, you, you painted a very compelling picture. Two guys actually, are joking. And then after a while, you make a very good case. Soto. Because nobody wants to be one-upped yeah. because they're both shit talkers. That's what I took from it right away. Okay. You make a good case. You painted a, you painted a very, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. You painted a very convincing picture. Well, I can honestly, don't you I can think see the shit talking actual physical it. contact, they would say so? 
They went out of their way to paint a, a picture without saying there was contact. Made a move for the ball and scrambled to pick it up. No, as I would love to see video. You make a you I make a good case. So I, I'm not doing a 180, but I'm I'm getting pretty close to convinced that yeah, I could see with Garoppolo being a shit talker and Crosby fucking wound up as tight as right. Like he's like a pit bull on a chain all offseason. He's dar, 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 dar. Yeah, like, what, what, what do we know about Max? What have we always heard about Max? He practiced like he plays. Yeah. He, does the pro, he, he plays the Pro Bowl full speed. Like he knows no other way. Yeah. It's so I mean, before you even made that that joke, mm-hmm. that's what I thought right away. Is oh they were just chirping back and forth and you know right. how that is you just escalate it back and forth back and forth until you know hey guys you know what we need to get some work done here it's over just stop it I Max think I, I think that's definitely a po- I, I still think it's possible that there was some contact but I think you definitely painted a very very realistic alternative as well that it was just the only reason why you fired up I, shit talkers yeah the only reason why I don't think there was contact because if there was. There would it would for sure have been said, oh, he knocked into him or bumped into him or whatever. There would have been some something about there being some contact. Um, well, this is apparently a uh, a theme of practices around here. According to Sean Reed of the Athletic, Raiders have been pretty physical during their first day in pads. They're tackling to the ground in eleven on eleven drills toward the end of practice. So Jeez. you can see things like escalating. You know, this is what always happens whenever I spar. Uh, good friends of mine. Whenever I'm doing boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, doesn't matter. Haymakers. Like, well, <laughs> it's well, it starts out. I'm 40. That, you never fought pro. That, you know, that. let's move. Let's get warm. And then I get caught with like a good jab. Oh, motherfucker. Fucker. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me catch him a little bit harder. It's like, ah, oh, fucker. He catches me a little bit harder. By the end of it, we're trying to kill each other. Right? Which is... It's it's a, it's a fine way to be wired, but it can definitely lead to issues. Um, I would with this particular team, with how atrocious our defense is, how young our defense is, I would rather this defense be a little too physical than a little less physical. Because the only the only advantage of being less physical is the big one, right? Decreases chance of injury, which is mm-hmm. no smallie, right? That there's there's a there's a very good reason. Why teams tiptoe around drills because they don't want people getting hurt in practice, right? But with how young this defense is, how bad this defense is, how much it needs to improve, I think this is a defense that's like, yeah, we may, and we'll get to this in a second, we may lose a guy or two, but as a whole, this intensity has to ratchet up. If we're not going to make it up, if we're not going to have it in skill, if we're not going to make it up in experience, um, time will tell if we can make it up in scheme. But if there's one thing we can control, it's intensity. Like let's let's build a status of intensity that mirrors our leader, Max Crosby. Yeah, man, it, it's it makes sense, and you you always want to you know say whoa instead of giddy up, and um, that's that's what I see here. The whenever I've gotten hurt. I've never gotten hurt in the game. I've always gotten hurt in practice, and it was Mm -hmm. always when I was slowing up, when I was holding back, is when I when I hurt. When I got hurt, when I went through the whistle and like hit and went to the ground, I didn't ever got hurt. When I was holding up, that's when I got hurt. It's like when you're rolling in jujitsu, you're more likely to get hurt by the white belt than the black belt. 
because the oh, black yeah, belt for sure. knows what he's right. Like he's better. He knows how to he knows how to hurt you, but he's more controlled. Whereas the white belt is kind of spazzing. And when you and when you're not doing something natural, like how many times do we see guys like sprint and then like try to slow down to like not hit somebody and they pull their hammy or twist their ankle? Yeah, you know? happens all the time. Yeah, man, it's um, like the black. <laughs> I hate. I hated it. Freaking black belts, dude. You couldn't do shit. Like, like they bait you with something, and like, like they, they make you think you got it, and like they, they like kind of give it to you, give it to you, give it to you, then like something gotcha, out bitch. of the blue, and you're like, fuck, fuck <laughs> 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 that happened. But I think uh, I think that's what this defense really needs is a little extra swagger, a little extra intensity, a little like something, right? Because obviously, look, it's it's called spade to spade. It's not going to turn around in one year. We're thirtieth in DVOA last season, twenty six in points allowed. You know, it needs, and it's been twenty years like this. Like let's let's try some intensity. Let's let's make it up. Let's make it up with effort. If we that was Max Crosby's first season, didn't yeah. learn his moves yet. Still a little undersized. He's just like I'm just gonna outwork everybody. And look, we turned in. You you'll be surprised how many how many good things happen when you just fly to the football. Mm. How many bumps and how many quick fumbles that are normally like oh should I fumble and you just drop on it? Yeah. Like like how many how many turnovers you can get? How many things you can make happen for yourself just by identifying where the ball is and sprinting to it. Yeah. Well, that does come with the price. We hyped it up for a long time, but it comes with the price Deshaun Reed. Again, the athletic reporting Raiders cornerback, Brandon Faison has to be carted off the practice field today with what appeared to be a leg injury. Um, other reports said he couldn't even stand up on his own weight and needed some help. So we don't have any updates as to how serious the injury is, but it certainly doesn't look good. And that's the price you pay, right? For a very even if you don't practice hard, injuries still happen. But if you do tackle to the ground and go really, really intense, the possibility of injury increases. I mean, there's only one defensive player that's like a real killer if we lose him. But Brandon was a pretty big one in the short, in the very small and very inexperienced cornerback room. Yeah, um, it's 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 tough. I don't I don't. I, he still has to it's it's a big jumble there's a lot of guys that are at very similar levels him long uh duke there's a lot of guys that are in a very similar level there uh amik robertson like there's a lot of guys in that that same you know bucket right yeah um i, I don't know that he would probably I, I don't know that he'd start but uh definitely we need all the, all the corners we can get um uh, but you know, I, I, I have, I'm cautiously optimistic for, uh, for our secondary. Um, How so? But, you know, it just, it, it, it just takes, look, these guys, they're all super athletes. Like if you're in the NFL, you're a freaking 1% of the 1%, right? You're mm -hmm. a mega athlete. The biggest thing, like we're talking about black belts. When you, somebody is at such a high level, when you're in, it's it's rare that you're at that high a level because you're so much more athletic than everybody else. Those are yeah. like the freaks are like there's two or three of them in the league at one time, right? It's the smarts, it's the preparation, it's the little tricks here and there. That's what Marcus Peters is going to bring if he can kind of give our guys a couple of little quick things here and there. How to well look at his foot placement. Look at this. This is what's going to happen when they look at look at these little tells like this. If it only takes one person, like a black belt will teach you, they make it make sense and they make it easier to digest. Mm -hmm. 
well, look, well, you're doing this, but like, you know, that's one of the bad, good things about rolling with the black belt is they, it's almost like getting a private, right? It's almost like, yeah. it's like giving a private session. Like they're going to, they're going to fuck you up. And then they're going to tell you like, this is what I did here. You know, this is what you need to do if that happens. And like, if you have a good, a good teammate, um, they're going to do that stuff for you. Right. And by all accounts, Marcus Peters is a good teammate. So he's going to break this stuff down to them as it happens. So it's fresh in their heads. And I mean, we have guys that have that have performed in other places and, and, and smaller roles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's, you know, let's see if they can make it happen. It's the big stage, and you know, a lot of these guys are pretty young. Um, you know, kind of like don't know enough to be afraid of it. And um, you know, Marcus Peters isn't scared because it was a terrible DB room last year, and Marcus Peters is really the only notable addition. I mean, there's a story in Bennett. Hobbs back healthy. I mean, Hobbs back, right? Um, but with, let's say it's Peters and Duke Shelley, and then probably Epps and Merrig, and then Hobbs as the slot. There's potential there. I mean, we're hoping Merrig, the second year was kind of the oops year. We're hoping Hobbs's injury doesn't do too much. We're hoping Marcus Peters isn't shot. I mean, there's a lot of kind of hoping and dreaming, but. Mm-hmm. There's pieces and puzzles, right? Like it's just a matter of maximizing what each of them do well, and that's Patrick Graham's job, right? It's like, look, mm-hmm. we have we have an incomplete DB room. Epps is really uh, uh, Peters is really smart, but he's old and definitely lost a step. How do we put him in a good position? Merrick plays a really good center fielder, not a whole lot else. How can we put him in position to maximize, right? Hobbs is very physical, but he's best in the slot. Can we keep him in the slot? Not try to move him out. It's it's really up to Patrick Graham. Really, I mean, it's a big, it's a big ask, but um, that's why he was brought in. And it's always good to have somebody that's actually doing it at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the 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 examples. Not everyone learns the same way, man. If you if someone's out there doing it the you know the way you're supposed to do it and actually showing you how to do it, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Patrick Graham can get in a you know a backpedal stance and you know flip his hips and go through all those things. I mean, quote Shakespeare while he's doing it. Yeah, right, Harvard man, smart ass. Smart motherfucker right there. But yeah, it, yeah. Um, I'm one of the guys that has to fuck up to learn. You know what I mean? Like I have to burn my hand on the stove to learn that it's hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's Very that's that's a, that's a pretty low level of consciousness there, RJ. Yeah. <laughs> Important thing is, is acknowledging it, being able to True. work with it. Uh, so there's some ins and some outs, right? A uh, couple guys we signed. Darius Harris. Linebacker, got signed on Monday. Four-year veteran with the Chiefs. Last year, he played all 17 games, made four starts, finished with a career-high 43 tackles. Ten of those were against the Raiders. You remember remember last year, like, who the hell is this linebacker that's crushing us? That's him. It was Darius Harris. Um, Remember, we let go of Chase Garbers like a week, less than a week ago. We re-signed him, and he's back. Uh, so we got Darius Harris and Chase Garbers back to make room. Uh, we wave tight end OJ Howard, tackle Justin Murray, linebacker. And I'm glad he's gone because I'm never going to be able to pronounce his name correctly. Kanai Mauga. All gone. Two in, three out. Um, this Harris edition is kind of a fun little wild card to keep an eye on. So he's a guy that is like. Um almost like a little tin light. Mm-hmm. He's a running a little little tin. Like like a guy a guy that runs to like a flies to the ball type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um 
He had the uh, the privilege of having you know an all pro defensive tackle in front of him, eating up double teams all the time and kind of keeping the mud off of his feet. Yep. Um, but I mean, he's he's been a productive player in the league. Uh, he wasn't a you know a full time starter there, but uh, he was able to you know he's made some plays, and he's got a lot more experience than a lot of the backup guys that we have. So it's, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Marcus Peters, like not quite, you know, he hasn't been a three-time pro boy like Marcus Peters, but the linebacker room is so shallow that anyone like this, it's like, okay, he's had a 10 tackle game in the NFL. Like we know that's what he's capable of at least, right? We've seen it. 10 Ooh. tackle game in the NFL. He had a sack too. Like, okay, let's see what we can build off of that. Yeah, the linebacker room is so, so thin. It's like, take a stab at it. I love the signing. Plus he's a, he's a, he's a chief. We can take a, you know, Little inside information. So it's always nice to get a, another AFC West guy. See what they got. Oh, show. Yeah, I like this sign. Um, I wonder with the Chase Garbers coming back, that's now four quarterbacks on the roster for at least while we're still at 90. It's camp um, arm. Yeah, another camp arm. No chance he makes the 53. But um, there was, I've seen so much of Raider Nation, like really curious what he's got and what he's capable of. I don't know why there's that infatuation. Like, I don't know if there's. Like, there's a lot of second guessing going on right now in Raider Nation, man. Yeah. There's a lot of second guessing going on. That that that's probably the the long and short of it. And OJ Howard, it was just just like four days ago. He was talking about how Garoppolo loves throwing to tight ends. He's looking forward to a great relationship, and and now he's waived. You know, doesn't even make like the the training camp ninety. But I think that also, I mean, it, it clearly means that they don't think OJ Howard has much left. But I think it also means that Michael Mayer, they're like very, very happy with. And it's like, okay, there's no reason to have four tight ends. It's like, all right, OJ. We don't get to make any, any OJ jokes this season, which is kind of disappointing. But well, the juice is loose now. Yeah, literally. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. We're only down to four tight ends now. Which is about right. You're probably going to keep three. Yeah. How about this guy, this tight end's name? I forgot, he, I forgot we picked him up. Cole Fotheringham. Tell me he, that guy is in He was on team last year, wasn't he? Cole Fotheringham? Yeah. No. Was he? Practice I think squad? so. There's no way he was ever active. No, really? he wasn't active, but he was okay. like in the preseason he played, I think. Yeah, it'll be Hooper, Mayer, and Horstead. Yeah. yeah. Horstead, I guess, has been turning some heads out there. Yeah. He was more of like an undersized tight end, but he's he's put on some weight the last few years. I think it's in his third year, right? Is this his third year? Mm-hmm. So I think he's been putting on a little bit of weight and looking looking pretty smooth out there. Gotta watch out for those small school uh, small school tight ends, man. Like right, they're sparky. They're, they're, they're spunky. They're sparky. Uh, speaking of off topic, did you see the busting with the boys with uh, Foster Morrow? I didn't. Talked about his cancer. It's it's good. I know I know you you hate Raiders that are on other teams. But, I don't um, hate Raiders. I just don't. I don't I, anything. Okay. I'm not a Raider anymore. I, I'm well, I think. Cool. I think. I, I mean, think. Even. Yeah, I think. Even your play. cruel black heart will will feel for this story when he talks about like how like the cancer and like he literally goes through like step by step when he was told went to his mom's house. It's worth Raider Nation's worth a little listen. I mean, I'm right. not. I'm not wishing for anything bad to happen to him personally. I just. I, I'm not going to root for him football wise. You want him to die? I can't believe it, Soto. You're a terrible person. Terrible. No, I don't. Um. So you sent me this. And this has been a 
obviously the biggest thing about Josh McDaniels, whether he succeeds or fails, is wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the you yeah. are forever. I think quarterbacks are unfairly tied to wins and losses. I think coaches are overly are are underly tied. Cr- yeah, correct, correctly tied, or even yeah, underly tied to wins and losses. That's literally it. And there's a lot of you know mitigating factors. What are you starting with? Ownership, GM relationship, quarterback situation. There's a million things, but. Yeah. You are what your record says you are as a coach. But as you're trying to dissect the smaller elements to it, this is something we've talked about multiple times, and I think we're in complete lockstep, and that this is a nice little microcosm of how much Josh McDaniels has or has not developed in fixing some of his weaknesses that he historically had as a head coach. So this is from Mike Dupp with Josh McDaniels. You do whatever you got to do. You know what you want to, you know what you're playing off of. The one thing you do know is that's the key. Like that's the key to really giving yourself time to figure out where he's going to try to, what he's going to try to take away. So if you remember, we played this about a year, year and a half. So he's talking to Hunter Renfro, Josh McDaniels. Mm -hmm. About a year and a half ago, we made a, we made a short and we played it about how Hunter Renfro talked about under John Gruden, when he was doing exactly what Gruden said, he wasn't really getting open, being productive. When he finally said, fuck it, I'm going to do things my way, he became a pro bowler, had 100 catches, and really took off, right? And so this was one of the things we were talking about because really great elite coaches don't coach the team they want, they coach the team they have, right? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's literally the main job of a coach. What do I have? Let me get the most out of them. Let me get the best out of them, yeah. Let me get the best out of the tools that I have, right? Let me build the best house I can with the lumber, stucco, and, you know, wrenches and screws that I own, right? That's that's what your job as a head coach is. Which goes, and how Hunter Renfro found success kind of goes contrary to what we know historically about Josh McDaniels as a head coach, is you do exactly what I say. This is exactly the route. You run it exactly this way. Be exactly the right place at the exact right time. Be my robot, right? We talked about how this is a great tiny little microcosm of can Josh McDaniels be flexible, adjust, turn a, sh- a weakness into a strength and get the most out of Hunter Renfro. Because Hunter Renfro has made it abundantly clear that if he does things his way, he can be a pro bowler. When he does things someone else's way, hasn't turned out great. So, and this doesn't leave, again, this doesn't leave Hunter Renfro completely off the table where he gets to do whatever he wants, right? Like mm-hmm. he has a role to play in this too, right? You got to listen to your coach and play within the scheme, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But generally, you have a pro bowl slot wide receiver. If Josh McDaniels can... And it sounds like, according to that audio that we just saw, it's like, hey, you can do it that way. Here's some advice. You know what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. It's, sound, it's four seconds of an exchange. Yeah. But from what we saw there, Soto, it sounds like that's what Josh McDaniels is trying to do. It sounds to me like I'm your coach, Hunter. You be Hunter, and here's some guidelines. Yeah, he was, he was saying, you know, do what you got to do, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with, uh, with, with Josh McDaniels, it's, it's – is a slot. They're going to be option routes. That's what it's going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think what he's telling them is do what you got to do to make the DB commit. Mm-hmm. Once he commits, then we have the read and then you on. can exactly. So like, like we talked about, uh, was two, two episodes ago when I said, all right, do whatever you got to do. Just be there on time. Yeah. Be where you're supposed to be on time. Whatever you do before then is fine. As long as you're there on time when you're supposed to be there. And that's kind of like the evolution of that, where it's like, hey, look, attack them, get them to commit so you know which route to run on the option route, route run it, and you know Jimmy's going to see the same thing. 
basically. But do what you got to do to make him commit. Once he does, then we know where to go, right? And yeah. that, yeah, that was that was a big thing. That that's when I, when I saw it, I sent it to you right away. I'm like, dude, this is what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. This is a big thing because the knock on on JMD and fairly so is that he's very rigid. He wants the things the way he wants it, and that's it. But like we've talked about, you know, you, there's got to be some some flexibility there. Um, and it, this is a little bit of proof that at least with Hunter Renfro, there is some flexibility. This is, I think, if you're looking for a very, very broad example next season of is Josh McDaniels evolving, I think it's going to be tied to Hunter Renfro's success. Again, it's not perfect science, not a perfect yeah. science, but a very quick and simple, very easy, broad stroke is Hunter Renfro's a Pro Bowl great talent suffering under this system, then it sounds like probably Josh McDaniels is being too rigid. Is he flourishing? Then Josh McDaniels has learned, how can I still have my system, but let player skills thrive underneath it? It's just it's just one very quick, like quick pop under the hood, way to gauge how he's doing. Yeah, so I, I just want us to be very mindful of this. When Hunter Renfro had his best season, he didn't have a Devontae Adams on the field. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it may, be, may not be the, the the volume, right? It may not be like just pure numbers, but peek into the numbers and see, well, how many of those catches were for first downs? Yeah. How many scores did he get? What's his you catch know, rate? Yards per catch, catch rate? Like, like all that stuff like stuff. that is like he can have 50, 60 catches, but 45 of them go for first downs. Yeah. And he has nine touchdowns, he right? He was the number one. Well, that's, and I think that's like, it's it's overall a good thing where Hunter Renfro proved he could be a number one wide receiver if he has to be, right? Yeah. Like everybody was hurt, right? Waller was hurt and every, everyone's hurt. So it's like, all we got is Hunter and he became a number one wide receiver, which is an optimal, but he's so good he can be if you need him to. And on this side, he can still be that good. He's not gonna get the same number of targets, but he can be that good and that productive when you need him, which is all you want out of a player is getting the most of your opportunities. Yeah, so it's it's um, it's a good thing to keep an eye on. Like maybe like a good little side note. Not only wins and losses, but how did Hunter do? Yep. What, what were his catches for? You know, when when were his catches? Was it always third down? Was it you know the the gimmick plays that we that we we draw up? How many are for him? And you know what did he do with them? Mm-hmm. How are we using them? You know stuff like that. So I think it's going to be an interesting thing to, to look at throughout the season. Um, how he's being used, how he's how his skills are being weaponized to help this offense. I wonder how much gimmick stuff he's going to get this season, especially because like he got so hurt last season, and JMD's got kind of his gimmick guys, right? Like mm-hmm. guys that he's he's traditionally done gimmicks with. They're basically everyone he's wanted is on the team, right? All the guys that are pretty easy free agents he's got, mm-hmm. um, which I think might be the best route. Like yeah. Last year, I was very happy. I wanted Hunter Renfro to return punts because he was the best guy for it. It's just like now we got three guys that are better. Yeah, now we got more. You know, right? We got better guys, and you're a Pro Bowl slot receiver. Let's let's kind of keep you there. So I do I do see his production being nowhere near you know two seasons ago when we had 100 catches. But again, yeah, it's, like Devontae Adams. It's you know, quality. It's the yeah, quality yeah. of the production, right? Well, and Devontae's and Devontae's the other element of this story where it's like Devontae Adams was basically just kind of like the Randy Moss in the Josh McDaniel system which isn't really Devontae Adams, but he's so fucking good. 
He can be anybody. It's like, all right, I need you to be, I need you to be Jerry Rice. I need you to be Tim Brown. I need you to be Michael Crabtree. And he's like, I'm so good. I can be whoever, even though it's maybe not maximizing his skill set. He's so goddamn good. Have him be anybody. Yeah. Like as, as good as Hunter Renfro is in the slot, Devontae Adams is a better slot receiver. You know, <laughs> like he's just, he's just better whenever, wherever you put him. And, um, one, a reason why I think that, um, Hunter can still work some gimmicks is he had he had his guys to run gimmicks with, but how many tight end screens did he throw mm-hmm. in New England? Like a lot. Yeah. So he still finds ways to, you know, catch catch teams off guard. And um, if we can get him out in space, it's it's like it's like a like a pseudo punt return. If we get him out there in in space, uh, make one two guys miss and that's it. You know he's gone. So yeah, I man. I'm I'm really Hunter, Hunter Renfro definitely is one of the guys that I'm I'm really intrigued by to see how um, he can carve a niche and, and you have a guy with a, a chip on his shoulder coming back from injury uh, when, when you hear a guy say you signed Jacoby Meyer right you're just yeah. kind of like oh am I getting pushed out what's going on you know I mean from Vinny Bossignori said it himself it's like he could definitely see how they can work together in this offense because. You know, he saw him in, 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 in training camp and, okay, yeah, this is, can totally work, which I always felt like it could work anyway. Um, but I, I can definitely see how they can use two guys that are n- typically slot guys. Because if you, if you cut down the splits, if you have guys, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage, they're both basically slot guys because they're not far out, right? Yeah. And, and they can still run similar, you know, uh, uh, companion routes. Uh, and you get two guys that can run those type of companion routes, like, like, it'd be pretty pretty and good you don't uh, have waller that's basically just a giant slot receiver anyway right just like a, a six foot six guy you know two yards away from yeah, the he tackle, was a slot receiver know? basically he wasn't a tight yeah. end that's what i'm saying so it's like you know they, now you don't have him work. those roles yeah it could definitely work uh but you know look when when, when a guy says i feel like i let the team down and um, i want to prove to them that you know i can be that guy you know i can be that dude when someone feels that low where they feel like, damn, I really let everyone down, even though he was hurt, right? It can go one of two ways. It can be like, ah, oh, fuck these guys, you know, they, you know, or it can be like, oh, I'm going to prove to them that I can be that guy. And I it's mean, no surprise that he, that's what he said. Yeah. Like, look, but, even though Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro's roles kind of mix a little bit, like if you're running a a 1-1, like Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Michael Mayer, there's your skill players. Like that's a, a formation. You know, it's not like, oh, oh, you can't have Myers and Renfro on the field at the same time. It's like, yeah, you can. Sure you can. Absolutely can. It's like, that's a great line. That's yeah, an awesome lineup how, right how there. Many, how many snaps does 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 uh, Jakob Johnson get? Like, I would love to know a snap count. I don't know. Like if five? Five snaps a game, maybe? Six? More than that. Gotta be more than that. I don't think he's out there that often, man. He's out there in short yardage. Primarily short yards. You're not all the short like yardage, all 10. the goal line. Yeah. Every now and then, I think I, I would say like I would say closer to ten. Let's say he gets ten. Closer That's what 10. like a seventh of the snaps we usually yeah. get in the game. Like, yeah, you're gonna have three wide receivers out a lot. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the other part is like what kind of you know can Josh McDaniels again field the team he has on the team he wants? It's like, all right, here's where my skill sets are, right? Like, let's get my pro bowlers all out there as often as possible, right? Let's get let's get Hunter and Jacoby and Devontae on the field more often than Jakob Johnson or 
Trey Tucker or Austin Hooper. You know what I mean? Like there's formations for everybody, but it's like get your best guys on the field as often as possible. Those are your guys. Dude, if you got three guys like like the three that you named that can all run the types of routes that they can run, all really crisp on time guys. Oh man. Yards after catch guys. Oh that's god, dude. Really, really neat. All these really, guys really can neat. do it. That's who they are. Uh so one last speaking of Devontae Adams. Um, you touched this was kind of a few days old. You touched on this on your live show the other day, but I wanted to, I wanted to get on it. Okay. Uh Craig Carton made an exclamation on his show. And this is what it was. There are going to be stories at some point that Devontae Adams wants out of Las Vegas. And where is he going to want to go, Tim Hardaway? Anywhere. Say, I want you to say. The Jets. Ah, Tim Hardaway is reporting. Okay. So, why did this come up? Well, there's a certain timeline of events. And I'm sharing a tweet by Stephen Chia. We all heard that Aaron Rodgers gave, gave up $35 million. He like reduced his contract. And this isn't a renegotiation of a contract. This isn't a reworking of a contract. It's not, hey, we're moving old money to new money and adding, you know, chopping he's taking, he's chopping off 35 milli. We're all assuming so the Jets can load up to get, spend that money on other players. This exclamation from Craig Carton popped up. And this quote from Aaron Rodgers came up as well. You probably agree with this. This year, compared to like 2005, the amount of transactions that happen now with guys getting cut and the amount of trades, way more than before. Big big names move at the trade deadline now. I wanted to make sure that if somebody valuable came available, we'd be able to get them. Very happy with the contract. I feel great about it. Now, we all know Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers play together forever at Green Bay. Um, Daniel Hackett's over there, guy that, you know, coached them both. As offensive coordinator, Adams knows the systems knows Aaron Rodgers. So I, there are dots to be connected. Mm-hmm. Money, money set aside. Adams knows the system. Knows the coach, the quarterback. And um, he, came to, he came to Las Vegas to play with Derek Carr, who's not there anymore. So there's all these moving parts. Where do you, how do you categorize a Devontae Adams trade to the Jets could happen this year? Rumor, conspiracy theory, some legs or the fact that Craig Carton said it means it's proof that it won't happen. Is there any one of any one of those that you would, you would describe that, that statement as I think it's a possibility, but the possibility has to be more than football related. It has to be something more than football related. And, um, I don't know, man. I don't think I don't, I honestly, not because I don't want it to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. I don't see that Devontae Adams is, is going to be one of those guys that just says something just to say it. Yeah. He wasn't that guy in Green Bay. He was very measured and very direct. And, um, and I forgot to say, Devontae Adams said a couple of days ago, I, I haven't seen where he said it. I was Googling for like a half hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, I want to retire in a Raiders jersey, nothing else. Um, two journalists posted that. It wasn't at a presser. I'm not. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm, you know, it's, it's Tristan Kuhn who's, who's pretty reliable. So yeah. I just want to know the context. I want to know what he said before, what he said after, what the question was. That's very important to me to make sure it makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so I believe he said it, but I don't know 
the context. And I wasn't able to find it. But anyway, Devontae, according to reports, said, I want to retire in a Raiders jersey. Nothing else. Yeah, so I, I don't – I mean, he just got here. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, it, it just seems like kind of kind of weird for him to say that um, if, it, if it was just fluff. Because you just you know you just got here don't don't say anything at all right yeah uh, but I mean I I don't see it happening I don't see it happening so I I really feel like this season it really feels like the Raiders are in a full rebuild with one giant exception like it feels like a rebuild like they didn't go get anyone real splashy like their big free agent signing was Jacoby Myers that was mm-hmm. it uh the way they drafted other than um, their first and second round, it really felt like just kind of like depth guys, developmental guys, which gen- I mean, generally third, fourth, fifth round pick. That's who you know. That's probably who you're getting anyway. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it really felt like a rebuild process this season. Free agency draft is kind of. I could be wrong, but it, it's kind of felt that way to me. Nothing flashy, nothing big. Just kind of hey, steady Eddie. Let's get some players. Let's build some depth. Let's correct all the roster errors that Gruyak made, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. With the giant exception of giving Jimmy Garoppolo $33 million. You yeah. don't give a, a Band-Aid quarterback that kind of guarantee. That's just, that's just guaranteed money, $33 million. Mm-hmm. If not for, hey, let's, let's do something this season. Let's, let's, let's produce, right? Because we talked about this at the end of last season when everything went to shit. And we're like, and we had so many people, Soto, saying, rebuild, start over, tear this team down. And we're like, this isn't really a rebuild a rebuildable team. Like when you say start over, it's not just like getting good players. Like we're always wanting to get, get rid of bad players and get good players. That's always the goal. That's always the goal. But when you're doing a complete rebuild, it's when you get rid of good, but expensive older players and trade them in for draft picks and younger cheap. players. And remember last year, there was really only three players that were like that. Derek Carr, gone. Darren Waller, gone. Devontae Adams, well, here, if things do, you know, knock on what they don't, hypothetical world, everything goes to shit. This week. We're one in six. Trade deadlines, what, week 12? Yeah, 12. 11, 12. We're getting to the um, trade deadline, and we're just trash. And it's time for a full rebuild. I think there's a good chance Devontae Adams gets traded. One, I think he'd want it. He's like, look, I, I want to win. Two, it's like, all right, do I want to keep paying this guy that kind of money when your services aren't going to help us win? We're rebuilding. We can use the, what, you know, what, what could we get for Devontae Adams? On yeah. The open market, right? First and a second, something like that. Like, great. Especially if he's having a good season, something great for him. When Craig Carton says, watch, it's going to be a thing, it's like, I don't think he's reporting inside information. I think he's just opining. But I think if you squint your eyes and if certain things happen this season, I could see Devontae reuniting with Aaron Rodgers for the trade deadline. If he goes somewhere, it's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, as the rebuild goes, it's weird because our offense was built in a way where it had young a mix of young and old talent. So mm-hmm. our, our offense was built like a winning team's offense. It just was done horribly on the defense. Right, um, they spend way too much money on the defense with players that were 
like I was saying, a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, look look at uh look at Chandler Jones' contract that uh, Ziggler is making bad deals too." I'm like, "Well, wait a second. The player they whiffed on the contract for a starting defensive end that's not a bad contract for a starting defensive end. Like if you pay Carl Nassib a backup defensive end a lot of money like we did, that's a bad contract. If you pay Littleton way more money than other middle linebackers were making at the time, that's a bad deal. A backup." a career backup you're paying him as a starter like quite costly that's a bad deal too right so yeah. it wasn't that like it wasn't that they were just signing the wrong guys the deals that they made for the positions were were bad too so um it's it's it, this team is like half and half like offensively they're just okay we're we're an offense that can win um defensively is was where they're rebuilding because of the massive lack of of talent there and we talk about this all the time. I mean, all the guys on big contracts on this team are teams you want during a rebuild, right? Max Crosby's early 20s. Like, yeah, he's going to stick around. That's who you want in a rebuild. Hunter Renfro, young, you want him on the rebuild. You know, all the, like, these, other than Chandler Jones, who we're not going to be able to get rid of him. We're stuck with him with that contract, right? So yeah. that's null and void. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, we got him for two seasons. That's going to happen. That's contract-wise, that's a done deal, right? The only guy... Where it's like, okay, he's really, really good, but really, really expensive. And on in his 30s, it's Devontae Adams. Devontae he's the Adams. only guy, really, where you're like, everyone else you get rid of is because they're not good. He's the only guy that's like, you want, but it's like, look, you're not going to help us win in the next two. This team can't win the next two years. Let's get something for you and, and plan for the future. He's the only guy, really. Mm. So I think that could, I think that'll be, I think that in that situation. However, the biggest reason he won't go is not from anything we said. It's because of his cap hit. If he gets traded, it's a $31 million cap hit this season, $23 million dead cap hit next season. Yeah, there's no way you could do that. That sucks. That's If anything keeps him a Raider, it's that cap hit right there. Yeah. I mean, look, look the, the, the Chandler contract got better for us. They added a few years on the end, and they just spread out the dead cap money. So it's not a huge debt cap hit in 2024. Mm. It's a small one in 24, 25. I think a really small one in 26. So if they, they spread it out. So if they do move on from Chandler Jones after this season, it's a minimal, you know, under $5 million hit each, each year. Yeah. And he's definitely gone. After this Probably. Season. Yeah. After this season. Yeah. Ready to some what backs? Yes, sir. Joseph C727. Um, obviously, with training camp underway and Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, Raider fans are realizing, like, yeah, is his strength the deep ball? No, not at all. The man can't get his feet set to save his life. Joseph makes a point. Rich Gannon, the last amazing quarterback, the, you know, the last, you know, NFL MVP type quarterback the Raiders have had, was terrible throwing deep. We had the number one offense with him. And that was just like the perfect West Coast offense, right? Jerry mm -hmm. Rice, Tim Brown, running backs that could catch a 35-year-old quarterback, which is super seasoned but still young enough and can just throw the way he threw passes with quarterbacks or uh, wide receivers in stride, just like timing it perfect. That's Jimmy G, man. Unders. I'm not saying he's Dude. Gannon, but they have similar strengths. Their strengths yeah. were timing, accuracy, and ball placement. They yeah. get the ball where you can keep running. That's, that's, that's what – Jimmy G is known for. He's not known for the long ball. Uh, so don't ask him to throw it. Bama Bob 99. This is off topic. 
I was told what a good guy Kirk Cousin was by someone who watched Quarterback on Netflix. I broke down and watched it. I can't trust the man. He had a freaking hair transplant. He is a traitor to us bald men. Now, you're full bald. I'm uh, quickly catching up with you. You're still fighting the good fight, sir. I'm, I'm, so that's the thing. Am I a traitor? Because I am doing the full-on four hymns. I'm doing the, the, the drops. I'm doing the shampoo. I'm doing the biotin gummies. I even got PRP injections at our local chiropractor I used to work at, right? I am fighting it tooth and nail. Am I, Bama Bob 99 a traitor? Or is it just the hair transplant that makes you a traitor? I think it's just the hair transplant. Is that too much? I, yeah. If you want, like, full LeBron, you know what I'm saying? You see, you remember, that, you remember that meme, the yeah. LeBron James meme? It's like, what if I told you LeBron's greatest comeback was off the court? <laughs> well, it's like... I look at it. I look at it like that, like a boob job. Like if you're a chick and you get a great boob job, I don't think you're a traitor. It's like, oh, those aren't boobs; they're lies. It's like, no, you look better. Like if I get a hair transplant and I look better, I don't see the problem. Now, if you go like those gross, like uh, doll hair, oh god, what are those called those um, old school ones, hair plugs. You know what Plug, I mean? Like yeah. if you get a really bad looking one, different story. Man, I'll tell you something right now. I, I've been bald for so long because I started losing my hair probably in like my mid, like 23 or 24. I started losing, it started getting really thin. Yeah. Like I started getting the little cul-de-sac on the top, you know, like the little little peninsula in the middle there. Mm -hmm. Like it started, it started creeping back. Yeah. So when I was like 26, I said, you know what? Screw this. I, I just, I still have hair. I'm just going to like, I'm going to shave it now. It's, it's, yeah. I'm going to do it preempt preemptively. And I've been doing it for almost 20 years. So if I if I miraculously like grew hair, I, I don't think anyone would recognize me, honestly. I think bald men, it's more of a fraternity than an us versus them. I think it's more that. Like as well, if you still have hair, like you're not the enemy, but bald yeah, guys. It's like cone heads when they like touch each other's heads and like that spark goes. It's mm -hmm. like we're in, we're in a frat together. We got each other's backs. Which is a little different. Uh, send cow grizzly raider 5263. The idea of aliens, because our last question of the day last year or uh, last aliens week was real. aliens real with all that shit with the Pentagon and the whistleblowers. The idea of aliens coming here from light years away from some random planet in outer space is impossible. Extraterrestrials, on the other hand, is a possibility. We don't live on a spinning water ball rocketing through an impossible endless space vacuum, though. So I got three very different questions from three very different statements. He went from aliens aren't real to aliens are real to is he saying the earth is flat? It sounds like he's saying the earth is flat. <laughs> so, he went, so he goes, it's impossible that aliens are here, but it's totally possible that aliens are there, but the earth is flat. Extraterrestrials. What's the difference between extraterrestrials and aliens? We got to, uh, I think Senkal Grizzly Raider needs to stay off the dark web for, for just a little bit. Just for like a Wait, week or that, two. That's a legit question, though. What's the difference between an extraterrestrial? I, I don't think there's a difference. I think his point is like, there's aliens out there, but they're not coming here. Gotcha. They exist out in the nethers, but they're not hopping in an Uber and visiting us. Gotcha. And why would they? Because they see an Earth that's flat and they don't want to fall off of it. Yeah, I think it's weird looking. 
It's like a what if it's like a record? That's that's, that's, that's Earth is like a record. Wiki wiki wiki. Does uh, does the ocean fall off the flat Earth? I think it's like a like a uh, like an endless pool. So it like kind of and then gets like sucked back in and filtered through. Okay. So there's still gravity sucking the water back up. It's just a really big filter. <laughs> and God's the pool boy. Yeah, right. Keeping everything clean. Like in uh like in uh what was it, Airheads? Yeah. Was that the movie? When uh Adam Sandler played a uh a pool boy, but he was a drummer of the band. Mm -hmm. And like the, the cop that was like supposed to be negotiating with him was like, Yeah, my wife's fucking this pool boy. <laughs> he goes into his van. He's like, "Pool cleaning equipment. <laughs> that's it. We're going in hot." <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Training camp fully underway. Pads are on. Helmets are getting hit. Max Crosby's causing a ruckus, being the bowling ball and wrecking ball that we know he is. One day early from us. You're, You're very welcome. Uh, I'm heading to Nashville tomorrow. Ooh. Our uh, our go see the sis. Are going to see the sis, going to see the fights, and a mutual friend of ours is getting divorced. And so, like, what's the reverse of a bachelor party? Like, once you're divorced and you do a trip, it's a freedom party. That's what I've seen it. I've seen like Freedom Party, Freedom Fest. That's what I've seen them, Freedom Party. I feel like it needs a better name. It needs a cooler name. Like, bachelor, like Freedom Party. I get what you're saying, but it sounds like a Fourth of July concert. Freedom Fest 2023. It needs a better name. Well, in Michipalooza, they said re releasing them back to the wild. Okay. That works. Yeah. Back off leash. He's back in Gen Pop. Yeah. We'll think of something. It needs a better a parole, name. A parole, a parole party? Parole party. Maybe while we're like uh, just scouring the streets of the Broadway street of Nashville, chasing bachelorette parties, we can have them. Tell I them. am so jealous of you. And the food that you're gonna eat. Some Nashville hot wings. God damn, that's good. The freaking white sauce, the white barbecue sauce that they have there. That's just delicious. You don't need to make things racial. You can just agree that's all delicious. It's a creamy barbecue sauce. As we I'm gonna get. be eating so much beer. I don't, oh, know yeah. gonna, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to eat food. You only have so it's, much space. It's like every time I do a back, like a like back in the day, like I'm if I'm in Vegas, I'm working. But like when I was like partying in Vegas, like late twenties, early thirties, I always lost like five pounds every Vegas trip. It's not you because because now you're not eating. You're just like drinking booze and going hundred miles an hour. But it's not like I'm losing five pounds of fat, like quality five pounds. Like I'm losing five pounds of vitamins, of water, you know? like of water yeah, with like, goodness in it. I'm losing five pounds of like life sustaining force. Like you, you come to like a random like you know moment of consciousness, and you're like, man, I should drink some water. And like when you're drunk and you drink water, you don't sip on a water. You down like five bottles of water. Yeah. Because you want to get it into your body as fast as you can. And when you pee, it's like that plus all the other stuff you've been drinking comes out. So how am I going to handle like a delicious Nashville hot wing when I just downed 17 beers and six bottles of water? You know it's I mean? crazy. Pure liquid diet. Anyway, if I come back alive, we'll be back next week. Soto's got you covered with uh, any breaking news with his live shows. Until then, knock on wood if you're with me.